This is Copilots, the podcast where we interact with the first episode of some form of media. And, and, and also the second, and we apparently now phrase things weirdly. Well, that's because this week, we're not actually reviewing a show by, like, a show. We're reviewing a show that's, in, that's subset into a fictional universe, where it is also a show in that universe. It's also probably our most relevant as to current, like outgoing media i can say as a fact this is the most requested episode to date that is true yeah also just like how it was the most requested show to date and we'd already watched the first two episodes (laughs) when people were telling us we needed to watch it to review it i mean yeah what are we reviewing this week we are reviewing marvel's i mean exactly sorry disney's marvel's wandavision because Disney owns everything. In fact, they own this podcast. And Probably. My soul. I don't know. <laughs> it tracks. So, WandaVision. Yeah. This is a show that debuted in January 2021. That, yeah, on, that's weird. On the Disney Plus streaming service. It did. If you're not quite aware how to access Disney Plus, it's okay. They'll beam it into your mind for the right price per month. Yeah, that's what Disney does. And um, if you have a metal plate or you're wearing your tinfoil hat like you should be, you can always just download the app onto a convenient. You can always just download the app onto a convenient device and then just steal family or friends' password. They'll catch on eventually. And of course, then imprison you and force you to wear outfits in their Disneyland or Disney Worlds across the planet but until then feel free to stream additionally you can you can get it bundled with your espn plus or your hulu plus packages did you know disney plus is anastasia now like the like one of the best top tier animated movies that wasn't disney and now it's on fucking disney plus i was i was going through disney plus last night did you know disney plus does not have spider-man far from home or spider-man homecoming yeah but it has anastasia so i mean also, they don't have Buzz Lightyear of, Sp- of Star Command, and uh, that's weird to me. Like, right? Who owns that? Who owns the no, rights to that, that show? No, that has if to it's fucking be like. I'm pretty sure that aired on fucking Disney XD, and if not that, it was probably on, like one of their fucking offshoots, like ABC Family, which is fucking owned by them. Anyways, yeah, I was pretty sure it was, like a Saturday morning ABC show, which is still, still owned Disney. by Disney. <laughs> is Kyle XY on Disney Plus? No, that was ABC too. Uh, the CDW. No, huh? I don't know. I, I don't know, man. But, like, I, I went to watch Buzz Lightyear of uh, Stark, man, and it's not on there, and I'm sad. Well, I mean, a couple months ago, I was like, you know what sounds really good? Spider-Man Homecoming. That movie was really good. I'm going to go rewatch that. Dope movie. So I opened up Disney Plus on my computer, start, started searching for Spider-Man, I couldn't find it. And I was like, wait, what? Where's Spider-Man? So then I did some Googling. And found out Sony owns the rights to it, so I had to pay five bucks to watch on Amazon Prime. Does Disney Plus have Supaidaman? I didn't see it on there. Because I, I noticed a thing on a documentary talking about it, at least, last night. <laughs> Anyways. This, WandaVision. This episode, we're reviewing WandaVision. Which, like I said, while it is technically a show in our reality, it's also a show within the fictional universe of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Or... It's not a show, it's only being portrayed as a show, but who knows? Who knows? We only had two episodes, guys. 
This first episode is entitled Filmed in Front of a Live Studio Audience, and Justice has a piece of trivia for you on this. Filmed before a live studio audience. Oh, my bad. I had to restart my notes at one point. Yeah. And um, that is supposedly this episode was actually filmed before a live studio audience, and that it was shot in black and white. It wasn't edited to be in black and white. And they approached the episode with all the tricks of the trade used during the time period that this portion of the show is based on. I saw something about episode two. It, I don't know where to watch it, but like apparently Disney has either already or plans on releasing a version of episode two that is colored via Technicolor, so it's not the colored footage they shot. They would have shot. But, but it's fucking gone in fucking painted cells of the black and white. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's awesome. Like, I, I, I love their commitment to the craft for this one. Like, it's fucking commitment to a bit. Yeah, and, and we can appreciate that. Ah, uh, this is this is some dedication to the bit. In fact, it's such dedication. It's so ballsy too, because like this episode, like you said, supposedly was filmed in front of an actual studio audience. Yes. How did that not leak? I assume the studio audience was a studio audience of forced participants. I mean, we, we definitely know it wasn't, like, Mark Ruffalo. It definitely <laughs> wasn't Mark Ruffalo or Tom Holland, because, like, it would have been on the internet the same day. That, that's true. But, like, I just... Can you consider the guys who run craft services a studio audience? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know what qualifies as a studio audience. There has to be some sort of actual definition for it, though, right? Just like how film and television approach so much very specific, like, things. Well, maybe, but then again, there's a lot of terminology in film that has no actual meaning. Like, based on a true story. Because the movie, <laughs> the movie Fargo is based on a true story, as as far as such as the place that it's based on is real, and that there definitely was a serial killer at some point that, that went through that town. Not necessarily that he killed anybody there or he did anything, but there was a highly I likely mean, a serial killer at some point that went through Fargo. I think a better point is... Blair Witch Project. Yeah, that was also based on a true story. There's definitely a forest out there somewhere where somebody lost a camcorder. Yeah, and also witches were burned. <laughs> huh. I love based on a true story. It's such bullshit. It's like, I heard about this thing. Yeah, yeah. How's that relate to the movie? It doesn't, but we can uh, we can make a slight reference to it and say it was based on it now. I think Fargo is my favorite example because nothing in Fargo is act is factual except that there's a town named Fargo. Yeah. Anyways, we were getting way off topic and haven't really touched on this show at all. Yeah, we talked about how it was filmed in front of a live studio audience and that Disney is ballsy as fuck with that. Yes, so the show itself actually starts with just a song about Wanda and Vision and, you know, how they just got married and moved to town and are totally normal, but they might have some magic. I actually like this opening because the opening is actually part of this, the show. Like, Yes. We, we see a flashback to the opening later. And it's part of the show's story. So, like, it's not just... Yeah. No, it's fucking great. Yeah. The episode's opening shows Wanda and Vision moving to town. Yep. It shows them in a car that just says, just married. and So we know their wedding was fairly recent, supposedly. Which begs the question, then, because that's how they arrive in town. And then later, we see they don't have rings or anything, and they don't know their anniversary. But they supposedly just arrived in town. They appear to arrive in town in that vehicle. I didn't think about that, but yeah, there is a lot of logical dissonance in the show itself. Yeah, it's almost like it's meant to do that. It's almost like 
the show within the Marvel Cinematic Universe is being created and written by somebody going through severe emotional tor- turmoil. What? That doesn't track for any character ever. Nope. Anyways, when the show itself opens proper, Wanda's in the kitchen. And Vision comes in. And Wanda's putting away the dishes with magic. And Vision gets slapped in the head with a saucer. Is it proper to call it just magic now? Because, like, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, it was, like, always labeled as telekinesis. Or reality manipulation or something. Within this show, it's just magic. Like, she legitimately has magic. Yeah, she calls it magic. Yeah. Like, literally... There's a road right outside of our apartment, and sometimes vehicles like to drive up and down it really loudly. And you can tell their vehicles people with big dick energy. But, uh, so, literally, though, at or, a point... Or they're just semis, because we live next to a couple factories. That wasn't a fucking semi, though. That was a guy with big dick energy. Semis <laughs> sound different. The I'm semis argu- take longer. <laughs> I'm not arguing with that either, though. So, literally, though, at a point, I think in this episode, she refers to it as magic and mentions that he can fly at the speed of sound. She rec- she recognizes that what she does is magic and what he does is different. Oh, we literally get a limit for his power thus far. Because for- so far, we haven't seen how fast Vision could actually fly in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, you could probably fly faster than that, but I think that's what she says, like, speed of sound. Is I mean, that, that's really fast, though. That's like 700 miles an hour. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredibly fast. Anyways, though. It's not 700 miles an hour, but it's close. It's yeah. high 600s. So... Vision comes in and gets smacked in the face with a saucer, and they make a joke about him, about his wife and her flying saucers. And then she says something, she's like, and my husband and his indestructible head. Yeah. Which, last I remember, his head wasn't that (laughs) indestructible. No, that was pretty destructible, actually. In fact, you could argue his entire body was. In fact, I'm pretty sure Thanos may have done something. Having trouble putting my finger on it. By the way, um, in case it wasn't clear, WandaVision may not be directly spoiler-heavy for the MCU, but... We're going to be spoiler-heavy with it. Our review will be, yes. 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 By the way, one of my favorite parts is that when Wanda's doing a lot of her magic, it snaps. Yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Which is just fun, given connotation of snaps in the Marvel Universe. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking of snaps in the connotation of, like, bewitched. Yeah, no, but it fits in both. But... They both notice that there is a heart on their calendar. Well, before that, she offers to make Vision breakfast. Oh, yes, yes. Um, while fixing the plate with her magic. And Vision's like, I don't eat. And then she's like, that explains the fr- the refrigerator. It's which empty. Is, which is empty. Um, this show is full of like jokes that are technically stupid, but actually made me laugh. Because they sell it really well, and it just comes across as a spoof of the era of what the sitcom is trying to emulate and it does it well I'll be honest and this i i don't remember what her first name is the, the actress that plays wanda maximoff is yeah. i think the younger sister of the olsen twins and based on the olsen twins acting ability and the limited use of wanda in the mcu I had come to the conclusion that her acting ability was similar to that of her elder of her elder sisters, and by that I mean not very good. To be fair, most of the Olsen's act, the Olsen twins' acting was when they were kids, but kids still suck at acting. Based on the, these two episodes of the show, I, I have to take that entire stance back that was in my brain. My brain was like, she is not a very good actress. That's probably why she doesn't get that much screen time in the MCU. 
And my brain's like, no, she's a fantastic actress. They just weren't giving her good stuff to work with. Jesus Christ, this is amazing. No, she's actually really, really good in this show. All of her deliveries. I'm like, Everyone. Yes. Every cast member for both of these episodes is fantastic. I, I, I'm in love with this show. I'm spoiling it. I'm in love with this show. The show's like, fantastic. We're just going to talk about a lot of Marvel-related things, about stuff going on in the show, and about how much we enjoyed it. If you're not prepared for that, or you don't want to have basically just jokes ruined and then theories thrown at you... You should probably go watch the first two episodes, and actually just go ahead and watch the third, because it'll be up by the time this episode's posted. I'll have watched it before you listen to this episode. Same. And, you know, do that, and uh, then you can listen to this, and here are basically bullshit theories, because that's, that's what we're going to get into at the farthest, the that, farthest point in this. That should say we've already taken off. That, that said, we should mention we've already taken off. There are no parachutes, so enjoy your bell. We've already established we don't carry parachutes for the passengers. Oh, no, I know. Okay. Anyways, then they notice the heart on the calendar. Yes. And neither of them have any idea what, it, what it's supposed to represent. But the vision's like, of course I know what it means. I can't, I can't forget, forget anything. In fact, I'm quite capable. I'm quite incapable of forgetting things. And that's not an exaggeration. I am incapable of exaggerating. Yes. And she's like, well, of course I know what it means. Yeah. So, of course, neither of them know what it means, but they're not going to tell the other one because... It wouldn't be amusing then. And obviously, a sitcom plot ensues. Yes. Ah, uh, you know, I like shows where I, shows I can't predict. Right. Yes. Like, um, Money Heist is my favorite TV show of all time, and it's part part of it's because of the twists and turns within the show. But there is something to be said about the formulae the formulaicness form the formulaic nature of sitcoms. Yeah. No. It's also why I can watch really shitty Easy Guys sometimes because it's just like. I know exactly what's going to happen next. And sometimes I just want to be able to sit there and be like, that's what's happening now. Go ahead, do it. Anyways, Vision gets ready to leave for work, and Wanda has to remind him that he needs to... Um, Turn on his human face, his Paul Bettany face. Because currently he's on his robot face. Yes. So Vision heads into work, and we get to knock on the door. Yes, as soon as he leaves, a neighbor comes over. Her name is Agnes. She is played by Katherine Hahn, and my fucking god, do I always forget how great of a fucking actress she is. She fits well in every fucking role I've ever seen her play. She does a fantastic job in every fucking role I've seen her in, and I always forget how fucking great she is until I see her again. When it's finally revealed that she's a villain, I'm going to be very upset. Oh yeah, she's... I mean, she may or may not be... Agatha Harkness isn't always a villain, is my point. I'm still down with the point that it's <laughs> Agatha Harkness. For those of you who don't know, Agatha Harkness is a witch. Who, who serves also, Mephisto, who is literally the devil. Uh, she also has a son named Nick Scratch, or Nicholas Scratch. Which she, is also a, a name Mephisto uses sometimes. It's not confusing at all. She's a villain. I mean, she's taught Wanda how to use her magic responsibly. And she was, Doesn't the, mean she's not and she was the nanny for Reed Richards' son. Reed Richard's son is also a villain. Don't don't at me like that. I mean, arguably, depending on which Reed Richards, yeah, same. <laughs> Fucking Council of Reeds. But no, um, I'm gonna be really sad when when it does reveal that she's a villain because I love her as the sassy next door neighbor. Like she comes in and she's like, "When I dropped by earlier, but my mother-in-law was in town, town. so well, I, I wasn't." wasn't. <laughs> so good. It was, a, it was a great fucking line. Like. <laughs> Yeah, she shows up with a potted plant like as a housewarming gift too. Yeah. So and, and then so she's going on asking Wanda like, 
what's a single woman like you doing all alone in such a big house? And I was like, I'm not alone. I'm married. And Agnes is just like, I don't see her. And she's like, I, and Monica goes, I assure you I'm married to a man, a perfectly normal human man. And then Wanda and Agnes get to talking and Wanda talks about how tonight's a special night. It's, and Agnes starts questioning her about what's special about it. Is it an anniversary? Oh, a birthday. She's like, is it a birthday? Like, so on and so forth. And yeah. She finally asks, is it an anniversary? And Wanda's like, that of must s- be what it is. Yeah, of sorts. Yeah. Um, so they get to talking about planning the anniversary celebration for Vision and Wanda. Yes. And um, Agnes is referencing an article from a magazine they're reading called Glamorous. And it's how to keep your husband. Yeah. Because... Um, I feel like its name rhymes because she then makes a joke about how to goose your wife so you don't lose your wife. Yeah, I don't remember, but what I do remember is um, statistically, single men are twenty five percent more likely to die than married men. Was it twenty five percent more likely? I thought it was just like it might have been two times as more likely. It might have been thirty three. There was a hard percentage given. It was either one yeah. third or one fourth. Like they're just more likely to die than married men. Yes. Um, because she's trying to give Wanda tips on how to romance Vision And Wanda's like, that's so romantic. And, um, it's not, but it's hilarious. And then we cut to Vision at work where he is working as a computational secretary. He fills out computational forms for work. Yes. And productivity has increased 300% since he's been there. Um, (laughs) so Vision, you know, is just asking about what the computational forms are for and what exactly it is they do. The computational forms are to track their product input and output input and output of what computational forms what are the computational forms for for their input and output so what do they actually make they do computational work <laughs> and he's talking to his coworker about this and he's, his co-worker's like yeah pr- production's up 300 percent since you got here it's almost like you're a computer yeah to which vision <laughs> is a gas he's like i assure you i am not i am a man a normal human man. Also, I'd just like to point out, I love Vision's tie in this episode. Yes. It, it's literally just like, it looks like a small deck drive on his, and, and it's fantastic. I love it. Um, it's a simple, very nice, like, actual tie. Also, during this conversation with his coworker, his coworker is listening to music at, on the radio at his yeah. desk. The song is Yakety Yak. Yes. And his, his coworker's like, my music isn't bothering you, is it? And Vision's like, in affecting my work or in that the lyrics make no sense and his co-worker's like the first one and vision's like oh and no in that case yes which is fucking great his boss comes out from his office and, and you know he tells vision he's looking forward to tonight and vision realizes that the heart on the calendar meant dinner with the hearts because his boss's name is mr hart yes and you know just just to establish how high stakes are here we um, see Mr. Hart's interaction with Phil, uh, another worker there, or former worker, as he appears to be carrying a box out, and is told to um, enjoy the unemployment line because apparently a five-course meal is not enough, a string quartet is not good entertainment, and a turtleneck is beatnik wear. Okay, so it should be mentioned that Phil says the five-course dinner wasn't enough, Mr. Hart never says anything about the five-course dinner not being good enough. And 
he well, do, Phil, he, Phil confirms that, well, that Mr. Hart does confirm that Phil's sweater was not the best choice. That's not the reason F- Mr. Hart was upset with the dinner. He, he specifically calls out the string quartet. He says the entertainment was lacking. He also dissed on the way, on the way Phil addressed. Yeah, I mean, like I said, he, he agreed with the beatnik thing. No, he called him a beatnik, and then Phil was just like... Oh, yeah, okay. That's I right. thought a turtleneck looked fine. Or something that, like, like yeah. that. But, you know, we're just establishing the stakes here that Mr. Hart has some pretty high standards. I don't know what those fucking standards are, but they're apparently fucking high. Anyways, back at the WandaVision house, Wanda is planning the evening out with Agnes, and Vision calls Wanda to make sure she knows what's going on for the evening. Well, before that, though, we do see Wanda and Agnes talking. Okay. And Agnes is just trying to figure out, like, well, do you have a song? Do you have these normal couple things? Mm -hmm. And Wanda just seems to be sitting there for a moment, and she's just like, at each of the questions, she's like, uh, no, I guess not. I guess not. It's just, like, not, like, the fact that they don't have these things isn't clicking until Agnes asks about them. And then Vision calls her. And Vision is just calling to make sure she knows what, what the plans are for the evening. Yeah, like, because it's really important to impress Mr. Hart's wife, because he thinks that'll be the best way to go over with the boss. But, obviously, in, in classic sitcom fashion... They both think they know what they're think they know what each other's talking about, but neither do. Um, he's like, I think the best course of action is to impress the wife, and she, thinking that it's an anniversary dinner, she's like, I think the best course of action is to impress the husband. She thinks they're flirting, um, and he's like, Good, I'm glad we're on the same page then. Yes, um, there is a point though, where as they're talking about it, Vision's just mentions he's nervous, and she's like, Why? He's like. You know, I still get tongue-tied and nervous. So, you know, she thinks he's being all sweet. And she's like, after all this time still? He's like, of course. I really think tonight's important. I, I think if this doesn't go well, it might just be over. And she's like, well, it's just one night. And he's like, but it could determine the rest of our life. Yeah. Um, they hang up, and then we cut to a commercial. Yes. Disney Plus has commercials now. Your money that you're paying them is no longer enough. You have to watch commercials to make them more money. Indeed. Not really. This is a commercial within the universe because, again, this is a TV show or it's seen framed it, as a television it's show. It's framed as a show within the larger Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. And somebody outside of, the, of Wanda and Vision and is Agatha capable Harkness of viewing it. Is viewing it. The commercial is a toaster from Stark Industries. Um, it should be noted here that toaster is a derogatory slang term for Vision. Yes. Another thing, important thing to note here is. The toaster starts to beep. Yes. Quite a bit at the end with a red flashing light on it. It's also important to note that if I remember correctly, an unexploded Stark missile is what killed Wanda and her brother's parents. It crashed into the house and killed her parents, I believe. That sounds right. Which would also explain beeping in red because war related like sirens and stuff and bombs. Um, yeah, so this toaster is called the Toastmate 2000 and it promises to revolutionize cooking and the catchphrase is... Forget the past. This is your future. Yeah. It also says to stop burning your husband's toast. Yeah. Also, it can cook meatloaf, cherry pie, and open-faced cheese sandwiches. I'm confused by the With top loading... Um, yeah, it's a normal fucking toaster you load from the top, but it's good for open-faced cheese sandwiches, meatloaf, and cherry pie. Okay, so I can see meatloaf in a, in a top-loading toaster if it's wide enough, as long as the ketchup is on the top side. And, you know, as long as your meatloaf isn't greasy. Yeah. I can also see 
pie potentially, but like it'd have to be an enclosed like tart. Yeah, yeah, which is arguably not a pie. It's a pastry. I don't know open face cheese sandwiches. I can't figure out how to do that. In okay, no, you gotta lay a toaster on its side if you're doing that shit. Um, after the commercial, we cut the vision showing Mr. and Mrs. Hart into his home. Yes, he has just arrived, and the lights are off. And Mrs. Hart is played by the pretty famous sitcom actress. Deborah Jo Rupp. You might recognize her from things such as that 70s show. She has a small stint in Friends as Phoebe's brother's wife. Also, former teacher, because my god, does that show do some weird shit in it? <laughs> Mainly from that 70s show. That 70s show, because she's fantastic where in she that. she plays Kitty. Where my mind also gets a title card entrance for every time I see her in things now. You've watched too many hours of that 70s show. I just want to, like... Dude, it was on after school all the fucking time. When I was younger, she was just like, I'm home. I'm just going to throw this on. Because after Scrubs no longer on after I came home from school, I just switched to that 70s show as my go-to sitcom. I guess I can't... For background noise. I can't actually, like, roast you that hard about it, though, because about once a month or so, I'll just get the theme song stuck in my head and just have to go listen to Cheap Trick for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, no, it happens. Anyway, the house that Vision shows them into... Wanda decides to pop in just as vision pops out of the room to go find her we should note that the living room is lit by candles yes most all the lights are off and there's some soft jazz music playing yeah yeah there is so as vision pops off the screen wanda pops onto the screen yep he goes in the kitchen to look for her she comes down the stairs and places her hand over who she assumes to be vision mr who is actually mr hart and says guess who guess who yeah and like a sultry voice i guess Mm. and um you know it's her boss's husband and vision comes in back from the kitchen turns the lights on she kind of freaks out he freaks out and then he's like oh this is just a sokovian tradition did i forget to mention my wife is from europe europeans are weird sokovia ha 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 yeah mr hart seems to be irritated by it but um deborah rupp's character mrs hart is just like the how perfectly europe no, Mr. Hart doesn't seem annoyed by it. He's like, we don't break bread with Bolsheviks. Oh, yeah, no, he does say we don't break bread with Bolsheviks. You're right. He, he, he's, Yeah, and his wife's just like, yeah, yeah, we do. Fuck off, basically. He, he's very like, is she one of those, those communists? Hmm? I've heard of them. I have no idea where Sokovia is, but I assume it is in the, like, Russian bloc. Yeah, it's part of Eastern Europe. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely a Russian block. Yeah, if I remember, it, it's Eastern, Eastern block. Europe. Yeah, but um, um, <clears throat> so Wanda goes off in the kitchen to fix food. Well, Wanda and Vision go off in the kitchen, so Vision can explain what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and she magics herself out of her white nightgown into a actual like dress. Yes, and then she's like, "Well, gotta figure out how to get dinner started." And so Vision goes back out to distract them, and Wanda is in the kitchen for Agnes to drop by and drop off all the ingredients for a... Because, like Agnes says, what type of good housewife wouldn't have the the, the, prefer, the, the, the proper stuff to ready a four-course meal at a moment's notice? Was it a four, full course? It was a four-course meal. I thought she said full course. Oh, maybe. Because I don't think they put a number on it. Because I think they actively avoid putting the number on it because we know a five-course meal was kind of looked down upon. Well, we know there's an appetizer of some sort. Oh, no, there are five courses, but they don't... There's three... There are three There's lobsters, dick drillion, dessert, and two appetizers. Mm -hmm, Okay. So it's a five-course meal. 
Uh, more importantly for me, while Agnes is dropping off, Vision is in the living room talking to Mr. Hart, and he's asking about what they do at work. He's like, what, yes, what exactly are the computational forms? And Mr. Hart's like... It, we, Mr. Hart's just explaining that he decided instead of printing things widely on paper... Well, no, like, instead it, of using paper in the normal me- method where the short end is on the top and bottom, he's, he's going to turn the paper sideways so you could so you the paper is shorter and they're only going to do it in the middle and then you can bill more hours because you print more paper bill more hours for twice as less work yeah and then vision's like what exactly are the computational forms for and mr hart's like it analyzes the inputs and outputs and vision's like inputs and outputs of what of the computational data you're rather dense aren't you <laughs> which this is like the second time they've made a reference to him being dense i don't know like at points it feels like they're trying to re- Reference the fact that he has density manipulation. I mean, yeah, like, Scarlet, but also Scarlet Witch manipulates his density manipulation within Civil War to make him fall through the floor yeah. of the, the Avengers Mansion. Is that what that's supposed to be? I don't the know. Avengers headquarters, but it wasn't the mansion. They don't have it. The Avengers Mansion doesn't exist in the MCU, right? Yeah, I don't think so. They have like the base, but it's not. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, he is. He can be dense. Yes. So we see Wanda cooking, and we hear a bunch of sound because she just has to magic up all of the dishes to cook at once. Yeah. So there's a loud clatter, and uh, Mrs. Hart decides to go help out because she's fucking bored to death, and I don't blame her. Yeah, and so she opens the pass-through from the, from the kitchen to the dining area, and as she does, Vision freaking out, trying to make sure that she doesn't see the magic happening, starts singing Yakety Yak. Yes. And, um, you know, he just decides, let's have a little sing-along. So we see Wanda cooking a bit more. and um, Cooking, in quotations. She has, she has the chicken. She decides to cook it. And she burns it with magic. So she decides to rewind it. And it turns into a bunch of separate eggs, which makes no sense. Yes, it although, does. Although the visual gag makes sense within the world of sitcoms. Yeah, and also it's reality manipulation. So, I mean, if she thinks one chicken comes from multiple eggs, it works. <laughs> Uh, I hadn't thought about that aspect, but yeah, her powers are just, they manipulate reality. Fuck what actually matters. Yeah, it doesn't have to make sense. They could have fucking turned into, I, I don't know, spinach, and it still makes sense with your powers. And so while she's doing that, um, Vision and Mrs. Hart are singing E-I-E-I-O. Yes. Old MacDonald Had a Farm? What is the proper name of that song? I, I, I always thought it was Old MacDonald Had a Farm. Hmm. But I've also seen listed as E-I-E-I-O. You know what, listeners? Which one do you know it as? I think I, I think I prefer to call it Old, Old MacDonald because E-I-E-I-O reminds me of the System of a Down song of a similar name. And that's not that's not only... System of a Down is so good. Okay. <clears throat> Anyways, though... Um, then... Agnes shows up at the front door, knocking on the front door. Might now first. Yeah, Agnes happens like after dinner. When she knocks on the front door. No, because it's still before dinner. The vision goes to the kitchen first to see what's what's, what's taking so long, what's going on. Yes, yes, yes. And um, Wanda hands him a meat tenderizing mallet because. The um, steak needs tenderized. Yes. Also. She kind of throws some lobster out the window when he comes in the door because she freaks out. And her magic just launches it out the window. Yeah, she's like, 
Oh, the chicken's gone. The lobster's gone. All that's left is the The lobster's out the window. Yeah, the lobster's out. Because a pun is needed. The lobster flew the coop. Yeah, the lobster flew the coop. Sorry. Yeah, yeah the chicken's out. The lobster flew the coop. All that's left is the steak, and it needs tenderized. And she, he's like, well, where's the meat tenderizer? And she hands him a hammer and goes, that'd be you. I thought she said, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it, yeah. So she goes back out to entertain Mr. and Mrs. Hart while he pounds out the steak. And he comes back out of the kitchen after hitting the steak very hard, very loudly. Yes. And while he's out there and she's out there, that's when Agnes shows up with a pineapple. For, for the her episode. pineapple upside down cake. Yes. <laughs> this is one of my favorite jokes in the episode because they open the door, they take the pineapple, and they slam the door shut. And Mr. Hart's like, who was that knocking this late? And one of them says... A salesman. And the other says... Um, telegram. A telegram. And then Vision's like, a telegram salesman. Who, who would have known? Good news costs more. Yeah, one, one of the ads on... Who would have guessed? Good news costs more. It's such a good joke. <laughs> it really is. I like it. And so um, then Vision asks if the meat was supposed to be tinderized or pulverized. pulverized. And she's like, it's okay. I have an idea. And she heads into the kitchen. Um, and Mrs. Hart starting to get a headache and her head's starting to spin. To which uh, Mr. Hart has to reply, he prefers it when her head doesn't do that. He likes it when it's firmly attached. To be fair... Same. I prefer people's heads firmly attached to their shoulders as well. True. True. Most people. So yeah, that upset, that brings up Mr. I, Mr. Hart's ire because they're all angry at the lack of food. And while distracted, Wanda magically sets the table and serves dinner from the kitchen through the pass-through. Um, and when everybody turns around, she like they're still talking to Vision, and she's yeah. like, dinner's ready. And everybody turns around, and the table's fully set. Nobody questions it. It is breakfast for dinner. And Mr. Hart does question it because it's breakfast for dinner. And to which um, Mrs. Archer's like, how perfectly European. Is breakfast for dinner a European thing? No, but she's not going to question it. It makes her seem less sophisticated. Fair point. So at the table, they're eating breakfast for dinner. And Miss Hart begins questioning Vision and Wanda. Literally the moment she sits down. Yeah, specifically, it's not like one question. She's like, where'd you guys move from? Why'd you guys you, move? How'd you how, go, long, how long have you been married? Why don't you have kids? And, like, she rapid-fires the questions, and Wanda and Vision just don't have answers for this because they literally just appeared here yesterday, maybe yeah. today. and they right? don't have answers for it. And then Mr. Hart starts to repeatedly, angrily demand that they answer it. Yep, and then he just starts choking. He hasn't taken a bite of anything. He's not really eating. He's been pounding the table and demanding yeah. answers. Um, and, um, so... And the show goes off the rails at this point. Honestly, it goes from being a sitcom to being, like some subtext of psychological horror yeah because like he's choking it's like a psychological thriller horror aspect that i love wanda and vision are just staring at him and wanda's looking like kind of appalled slash angry concerned at him while vision just looks generally uncomfortable with the situation and mrs hart is literally screaming no she's not screaming oh she's She's laughing yeah laughing repeating just stop stop it just stop stop it stop and she gets more frantic as it goes but like she her, she doesn't stop like being like she she keeps laughing and keeps and is smiling the entire time they have her repeating the line yeah like it, it's a little dissonant with the scene yes like, no it's very very distant from the scene and they're sitting they're all sitting there and this whole scene's carrying out in the same manner until mr hart falls over in which case wanda then snaps to look directly at vision and says vision help him and only then when she kind of commands him to does vision move and he vibrates his hand through. And pulls a, stra- a chocolate-covered strawberry out of Mr. Hart's throat. Which we saw earlier in the episode, and we've had to mention it, 
when they first show up at home in the kitchen and he's explaining to Wanda that they need a meal. And she's like, I don't suppose they'd be fine with just splitting a chocolate covered strawberry four ways. Mm-hmm. Because it's part of the anniversary plans. Yes. And that is what Vision pulls out of his boss's throat. Yep. But once that happens, heart gets up. Dinner's just randomly over. The hearts are generally pleased with the way the evening went. I mean, I assume that he's just happy to be alive. He's like, yep, you're but, a great employee. You there's no, no reference like, to it after they totally, they totally ignore that it ever happened, yeah. Yeah. And Mr. and Mrs. Hart just leave. And he's like, we'll, st- we'll, we'll have a talk on Monday, Vision. We'll look at getting you that pay raise. Yeah, that promotion. Promotion, my bad. So after they leave, Wanda and Vision sit on the couch, and they're talking about how odd of a couple they are. They don't have a song. They don't, they have, don't have rings. They don't have anniversaries. And they decide that today is their anniversary. Yes. Their song is Yakety Yak, of course. And then Wanda manipulates reality to form rings on their fingers. Yes. They kiss. They pull apart and smile at the camera. And the show freezes. And well, then... the show doesn't freeze. It zooms out to an end. Mm-hmm. We see credits roll, and then we zoom out from there to a television set. We should mention that these credits are fake, or, or very specifically fake credits, because yes. it says the show is starring Wanda Maximoff. And starring Vision. Yes. And then has a list of people who don't exist. Or the ones that do have a vague, tenuous tie to the Marvel universe in general. Or wrote psychological research papers in our real world about how loss affects the psyche. Yes. Um, so all we have the characters names- with vague, tenuous ties to Wanda and Vision yeah. in the Marvel universe. Or people writing psychological papers about trauma, basically. Mm-hmm. So... As it zooms out, we see an old-style TV sitting on a desk surrounded by computer equipment, including a Broadcaster Pro, which is a podcasting um, piece of equipment that is very popular in the podcasting an community. An audio piece of equipment, really. Okay, an, mainly audi- an audio production piece of equipment that is very popular in the podcasting community. And uh, it's doing nothing there. It's just sitting there with pretty light-up buttons. And on the left, though, we see another screen, and we see this fancy little logo. And the letters, and S- underneath the letter logo is S W O R D. And I, you know, you know, we didn't. We've talked about Sword, which is what this organization is called, so much, but we haven't mentioned. I think we didn't mention it because we, we like, we're both aware of it. Before WandaVision, you were so like amped about the idea of Sword being in the MCU. Like, you, you every time there was a tiniest tie, I want like, Sword because if we get Sword, it makes it more likely that we have Excalibur. Because Excalibur, we get, Excalibur, we we can get Captain, Captain Britain. Britain. Exactly. And if we have Captain Britain, we could actually get a good Reed, Reed Richards because we could have Council of Reed. Because Council of Reed often works with the coalition of Captain Britons. Because one of Captain Britain's many powers is the ability to interact with... Multiversal the- versions of himself. And, and while that's not a Council of Reed's thing, the Council of Reed is just smart enough that they do it anyways. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. I love Captain Britain. And, well, he's not slated to appear in the MCU yet... They've I'm, made slight references to him in the MCU. I'm going to so. sit here and cross my fingers. Yeah. So I want Sword, because Sword makes Excalibur more likely, just given comic book history. And Excalibur means Captain Britain. So during the zoom out, though, a person who we can't really see, we see their hands, um, sets down a notebook that has the Sword logo on it in front of the, in front of the TV. It's more of a dossier folder, mm-hmm. it looks like. Oh, it's very small. So I was thinking more like a note, like tiny notepad. It's like... It's like a tiny you, notebook size. It's, it's not really like what I think of when I think of a dossier. 
and I know what I, I know what a dossier is. I've watched three seasons of Burn Notice in the last week. It looked larger than what I I think we're thinking of different sizes. Like I remember it being larger. <clears throat> I remember it being like bigger than their hand. Yeah, but it wasn't like folder like Manila folder size, which is what we're looking at when we're thinking dossier. Mm. And like I it really feels like it was like a, a note taking device, not like they were they were noting something down in something clearly labeled sword. Yeah. Um. Then we get the actual credits. Um. What I did we did forget one thing at the very start of this show, and I want to hit it here when we get ready to talk about how we how our takes on this first episode. Do it. The show opens with that thirty second cinematic clip of the Marvel logo. Yes. And the Marvel music. And. The, the goosebumps that you get when you get that because it's been over a year and a half since we've had any Marvel content. Some of us didn't note that because we're not that massive of a fanboys. I wouldn't say I'm that massive of a fanboy, but like, there is something really cool about seeing comic book characters that, like, I... I oh, the intro didn't do anything for me. It was it was nice to see. Like it was, it felt like, and I, it's a lie, but it felt like a return a return to norm, to normalcy. It's a lie. Normality, normalcy, normalcy. Yeah. If, so it may have been a lie, but it definitely felt like a return to normalcy. Um, I mean, we haven't returned to normal. Never gonna happen. Yeah. Um, this is like, I hate using the term, but this is the new normal. Co- like COVID's impacts are gonna last longer than. COVID is. Anyways, um, the show is a bit weird. Like, it straddles a weird line between sitcom and mystery thriller. But, um, all of the jokes, like, the way they're delivered, they land. I legitimately laughed at more than one of the jokes in this episode. And I legitimately loved some of the jokes in this episode. Um, however, there is a darker undertone to this whole series, just in this first episode, you get you get a hint of it. Um, and neither Wanda or Vision seem to have any memories prior to them moving to this town. And then Mrs. Hart just telling her husband to stop choking while laughing. And, like, there's these, there's just this dark hint. But, like, the show is really good. It really straddles that line of dark and, and humorous. And it has... It definitely feels like it has a direction. Even though we know that, like, each episode, each episode is going to parody, like, an era of sitcom... The show feels like it has its own direction, and it's not just a parody show. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry, I got distracted by checking to see what the difference between normalcy and normality are. Um, they mean the exact same thing. So I was right. You called me out for. However, normalcy entered into the English language originally for mathematics and got tied to being used in the same situation as normality. When some guy made a gaffe with the word and used it inappropriately, and now we just use it normally. Yeah, but bootalicious is also a word in the English language, so... Also, normalness means the same thing as normalcy and normality. It wasn't that I was correcting you. Normalness it sounds not like a word at all. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't correcting you. My mind was like, I was like, is normalcy a world word, or is normality the one that's not a word? Or are they both words? I was literally just checking that. They're both words. They mean the same thing. So is bootalicious is also a word. Thank you, Fergie. So I think the show is pretty entertaining and a very amusing spoof of period sitcoms at its very base. And with just that, I think it's watchable alone for that reason. However, with the inclusion of nons to the Marvel Cinematic and Comics, 
the series adds another level. I mean, clearly we talked about that a fuck ton. And I like the unclear and tension-building mystery it kind of adds with some of the shit it does. Particularly with, like, when exactly they got here, what exactly is going on to put them in this situation. And Wanda's control over the, like, over their reality, her vision show reality, or if vision's not even real, her reality in and of itself. And I, I just... I like how it has these small nons to what might possibly be going on, just hidden throughout the background here and there. So I definitely think it's worth going on episode two, obviously. I enjoyed it. Yeah, obviously watching episode two. Also, just um, to sum up why Agatha, why Agnes is Agatha Harkness, well, clearly the name abbreviates if you smash them two, if you smash the two together. It's a, also, por- it's a portmanteau of the two Yeah, names. it's a portmanteau. And she's wearing a brooch, which is a classic piece of Agatha Harkness's outfit. And also, if I remember correctly, part of a thing for her powers. I'm, I'm not pretty sure. sure. But every scene we see Agnes in, she is wearing the brooch, just not always in the same manner, but she's always wearing it. Anyways, you got any more? Because I think the next episode leans more towards the Agatha is Agnes's Agatha Harkness theory. There's some, like, tiny references in the intro and stuff, I, I think. Is the Melman in this episode? Melman's in episode two. I just want to know what's up with the Melman, really. Yeah. Anyways, in that case, let's dive into episode two, which is titled Don't Touch That Dial. Which, for those of you who um, have never seen an older TV, they used to have dials on them. Kind of like what you might see in older model cars for their radio. Except that could adjust. Except they had dials to adjust the volume and to change the channel. And when they say "don't touch that dial," they mean don't 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 change the channel. They they don't care about the volume dial. You can turn it down. And, or up and if you're wondering what a channel is, it was this thing that existed. Oh, shit! I actually and still vaguely exists. I didn't even think that people wouldn't have a concept where of channels. It's a conglomeration, generally owned by a company, where they air different shows back to back generally interspersed with a bunch of fucking commercials so you can hit your life and so they can make money off of ad revenue except during this time period um shows there wasn't a 24-hour cycle of shows tv stopped yes tv stopped they I, would stop airing at a point I, like after primetime shows mm-hmm. and nightly news tv stopped it was done yeah I, I was being more sarcastic with the thing about channels but i actually realized there are probably some people out there who don't really like understand channels my favorite is there there's definitely an entire generation of people not the entire generation but there's a there's a large percentage of of the z generation who do not know that tv stopped or or generation alpha like yeah i mean generation alpha is not fair they're like itsy bitsy baby children's like there's definitely a whole bunch of people that just don't realize that that tv's like stopped there wasn't 24 hour television yeah no I didn't fucking know that until I was like ten, and that fucking blew my mind. I was like, "What do you do after news?" Then, and I learned what do you that do after I learned nightly that, news. Yeah, I learned it from a book, and I thought the book was lying to me. I'm like, book makes books make things up, and then um, then I read an encyclopedia, and uh, I assumed the encyclopedia didn't lie to me. <laughs> um. Anyways, episode two starts with Wanda and Vision in their bedroom, in their I Love Lucy beds. Which, for those of you who don't know, I Love Lucy. Fuck off, go watch I Love Lucy, watch WandaVision, then come back to this episode. Yeah, I Love Lucy and sitcoms of that era, like, because 
at the time it was considered inappropriate to show even a married couple in the same bed on television. Yes, so they slept in two separate beds next to each other. And this would persevere even through like animated cartoons in Flintstones, yep. the Jetsons, in the 80s even and Maybe maybe even some sitcoms in the '90s like had this as like a trope. Yeah, I think in, if it wasn't the '90s, I think it was mainly to make fun of it. Like I think Beverly Hillbillies had Beverly Hillbillies is older than the '90s. Yeah, I just watched it a lot when I yeah yeah. When it, but yeah. no, it was just a thing, and I just referenced it as I love Lucy beds because that, that's where my mind goes. I think it's where a lot of people's minds go when they think of the, like that setup. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, it just kind of so has an I love Lucy feel. They're laying to, like, in the their, they're laying in their one. separate beds, and a loud noise wakes Wanda from her sleep. Yes. So um, she turns on the lamp next to Vision with her magic. Because you don't need a clapper or like a switch when you can just magic shit on. Yes. Man, having Wanda's magic in real life. Yeah. So she doesn't see anything. It's kind of like being able to say, okay, Google, living room light one off. That feels like Wanda's magic. (sighs) You've wasted time. You don't think I'm keeping that in, do you? I am. Anyways, though. <laughs> so, she turns it on and off a few times when she doesn't see anything, but then the sound happens again. And uh, Vision eventually is just like, Wanda, are you, are you turning on my light? With your magic? And she's just like, yeah. There's something outside. So Vision gets up to check. And, and he he's like, nothing. He's like, all I see are your rose bushes. And, and so she's like, are you using your night vision, Vision? Also a good joke. Yeah. I, I just, I, I love the flow of that because it's an entirely proper sentence. Yeah. And so he gets back in bed and then they turn the light off and the thumping starts again. Yeah. And so um, Vision's just going, starts going on about how. Like the, 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 there's one loud thump and yeah. Wanda pulls their beds together with magic so they're right next to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still two separate beds right now. Yes. And Vision's going on on about how there are apparently ne'er-do-wells in the area, and some guys have been talking about that. So um, Wanda just is like, oh, you mean like people who can walk through walls or make things float? Or fly. Um, She's just heavily implying it's them. And he's like, I don't think they meant us, dear. And then the thumping occurs again, and she's like, somebody needs to check that out. And Vision's like doing the classic scared guy, like blanket pulled up to his chin. And he's like, yes, somebody does. And she's like, fine. But instead of getting out of bed to check it, she magic opens the curtain of the windows. Just and it's as- just a tree branch slamming into the glass. A tree branch that wasn't there when Vision went over, moved the curtains, and looked down. This is definitely Wanda influencing reality to create a solution to the problem that is acceptable and not at all breaking from what is perceived. And Vision's like, oh, I see. Well, you, I see you use this scare to rearrange the bedroom. I like it. And so, then she f- merges the beds into one bed with magic. Yes. And he kind of rolls over on top of her and goes, Wanda, get the light. And then we go to our intro, which is just a Bewitched parody intro. It's an animated Bewitched parody intro. Bewitched is an animated intro. It's also the first time we get the name of the town. Yes, Westview. It's also where we get the biggest hint that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. Well, we also get some references to Wander Man, a guy who Vision in the comics is programmed to be like. Because we see Grim Reaper's helmet when he's going through the floors of his house, which mm-hmm. Grim Reaper is Wander Man's brother. We also see um, Wanderos in the store. Um, Galactus' helmet's also in this animated opening. 
the helmet you're thinking of is not Galactus's helmet. Galactus's sure? helmet has one prong. Grim Reaper's has two oh. on each side. That is Grim Reaper's helmet. Okay, I Wonder know it is Galactus, brother. but your comic knowledge is superior to mine. Yeah, it should be Wonder Man because my memory is trash. Yeah, it should be Wonder Man's brother's helmet. But um, so then we're we have this little story section where Wanda's buying stuff, and we see Wonder Rose again. Another reference. This is the reference to a psychic cow who psychic cow mutant lady who was like the nursemaid for wanda's child for no for um maximoff twins yeah for for their Mm, parents when wanda and pietro were born it was like a genetically modified cow lady man comics are stupid yes and then we see a thing for auntie a's cat litter and auntie a is obviously auntie agatha which is obviously agatha harkness which is obviously Agnes. Also, she has a familiar cat whose name is Ebony, and it's a black cat on the poster. So, yep. Yeah. After the opening, um, we get Vision in the living room doing a stand-up magic routine. He's dressed like a stereotypical magician from, like you would see a small child dressed as, cape, and kind of shitty wand, top hat. And they're practicing for the community talent show fundraiser. Yes. And they have a giant cabinet the mystery cabinet right cabinet of mystery yeah he calls it the mystery cabinet and she's like it's the cabinet of mystery um we also find out that their stage names for this show are illusion who is vision mm-hmm. and glamour the assistant who is wanda um who are factual characters in the marvel cinema the marvel comics world universe yes they first appeared in vision and scarlet witch um comic. issue number two yeah i, I don't know i only know this was actually looked it up i just knew they were characters like I noticed Josh looking up and like, what are you doing? My, my, my like, brain was like, illusion and glamour. These are comic book characters. I fucking know it. Yeah, and he was like, these are comic book characters. I'm like, yeah, they're from a Vision and Scarlet Witch comics, I think. Yeah, so... So I, I was proven right. I think the interesting note here is that... They are vaguely unimportant characters that we just reference because we can? Well, also, one of the two of them is dead. True. It, Though, if I remember correctly in the comics, it's glamour that's dead. Glamour is dead, but I, I think even with the role reversal... Later in the later in the episode, illusion, um, Vision introduces her as Illusion himself as Glamour. Yeah. Which... Also, she's the one performing the tricks later, technically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it, it still definitely works. Personally, I like how the Cabin of Mystery has a vaguely Mind Stone slash Vision-y like, design to it. Yes. Um, so they're doing the talent show with the neighborhood committee, something or other. They're trying to raise money for the children. Yes. Um, and so they're talking, and Wanda's like, I have to get ready to leave for the, um, the talent show planning committee, and Vision's like, well, that, that works. I also happen to get ready to leave, have to, I also have to ha- get ready to leave for the neighborhood watch. I'm gonna go talk to them about all these ne'er-do-wells, even though there were no ne'er-do-wells, and it was a tree branch. Yep. So Vision ends up leaving first, and while Wanda's still getting ready to leave, Wanda hears a very loud crash outside. Yes. And she decides to go out and investigate it. In the rose bushes outside in the front well, lawn. Well, there was an important thing, vaguely, oh. when they're talking about their act. And it's that they practice it, and it's just a stereotypical vanishing cabinet act where once someone, someone goes in, they turn a false wall. Mm-hmm. And Vision isn't convinced that they'll be able to sell it because it'll seem too fake. And Wanda very much wants it to appear fake. She doesn't want people to think yeah, they actually have magic or actually have powers. She's like, that's the point. We don't want people to think we have actual magic. Yeah. But anyways, back to the loud crash. Yes. Wanda goes out to investigate, and in her rose bushes in the front lawn, there is a helicopter 
which is oddly in color when the rest of the show is not. Yes, it is a red with yellow detailing on the wings and numerals and stuff. And it has the sword logo on it. It does, which, you know, is fun. As Wanda's investigating the helicopter, though, Agnes shows up with, quote-unquote, the star of the show. I also just noted I, it has no bearing anything I can think of right now. It might later. It also has the number 57 on the helicopter. Um, the 57 bears no meaning to me. It doesn't but, to me either, but I wouldn't be surprised if it has, like, one later. So, WandaVision's a weird show for us to review, because typically we make sure nobody we talk to outside of the two of us knows what we're reviewing, and we don't talk about it with them because we want to get our thoughts un- unadulterated by other people's thoughts. Yes. Unfortunately, all of our friends are nerds. Yeah. So they immediately... Uh... We're Snapchatting us. Um, and one of our friends, one of the one of the ones that suggested we, we review the show, which we were already planning on doing, thank you, Chris, and thank you, Cons. Um, But Chris Snapchatted us, and he's like, I think the helicopter is a drone, but it had to be changed to fit her world, so it became a toy helicopter. I think wherever she, whatever she's in, Swords sent a drone in, and it, in order to fit with the world, it became a toy helicopter. Yeah. And it makes sense, because we, we've actively seen things, and especially at the end of this episode, we've actively seen things change because they don't fit with the way Wanda views the world. Yeah. So, but I, I just noted the 57 in case of things in the future, out of curiosity. It's probably worth looking up in relation to Sword and... Yeah, and like but. Scarlet Witch and... But Vision anyways, comics, maybe. Agnes shows up with a rabbit for the magic act, so Vision the can pull it out of the The star of the hat. show, Senior Scratchy. So Vision can pull it out of a hat. Yeah. Calling it Senior Scratchy is weird because that's the because Scra- Nick Scratch is the name of her son. Good We're, call. Or, or, you know, it's also a reference because Mephisto also goes by Nick Scratch. A guy Good. she works for also uses a pseudonym that is the name of her son. Good calls there. Anyways, on the way to the planning committee, Agnes stops them to inform... Stops the two of them. It's just Agnes and Wada. She stops them to inform... Wanda, that Dottie, the head of the planning committee, is the most important woman in the entire neighborhood. She's basically the key to Wanda's future here in town. She is basically the Regina George of Westview. Yes. And if she doesn't approve of you, nothing is going to go well for you while you live here. Yeah, basically she guarantees your access to the country clubs, the school, all functions. Mm-hmm. Again, she's the Regina George. Yeah. During the meeting... Well, we we go ahead and go to the meeting. There's a brief yeah, passing scene. Th- they go to Dottie's house just so they can then go from Dottie's house with Dottie and all the others to the country club. I assume because they are randomly at a pole side now, so I assume it's the country club. During the meeting, Agnes makes... Well, I guess there's other stuff going on here. First, there's a woman giving a, a talk about how they set up for the... Beth. Beth, that she's giving a talk about how they've set up for the fundraising event tonight yes show and as she's talking wanda is watching dotty and like imitating all of her movements mm-hmm. trying that classic mirroring to make people think you're on the same wavelength well mirroring is an actual functional way to i, I know yeah Wanda's doing it poorly is my is my point there yes 100 percent. but beth is just talking about how she has everything ready and then dotty's like well what about the chairs did you get the chair set up and, and beth is just like it, min- it slipped my mind so Dottie's like we'll see if you're gonna chair any more committees and then she's like, remember, ladies, the devil is in the details. And and Agnes leans over and makes a weird remark here. I didn't quite understand, but we talk, we actually dissected this scene very heavily. Yeah. So she leans into Wanda and goes, that's not the only place the devil is. Which is a weird statement, but she does offer Beth her flask right after this. 
And that led me Wanda to Wanda believe- the flask. I thought she offered Beth the flask. She offers the flask to Wanda mm. because Beth was the one giving the. Yeah, Beth comes to sit and. Yeah, no, the only people next to the only people we really focus on there is Wanda. And to Wanda's left, so screen right, is Agnes. To Wanda's right, or screen left, is Geraldine. We don't focus on the other no, person. To Beth Agnes's. is on Agnes's left. And I'm 100% sure Agnes offers Beth the, the... I'm pretty sure she did to Wanda. She, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's she, Beth. She offers, it, she offers alcohol to someone. I'm pretty someone. sure it was Beth because she was consoling Beth. Maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, I, I, it doesn't matter. My thought was twofold. First, yeah. Mephisto, obviously. He, yeah, just he, a vague he, reference to Mephisto. He's clearly doing something, probably. He, he's, he references himself as the devil all the time. He sells himself as the devil. But, like, my second thought immediately was, like, mm, that's absinthe in that flask. Get it? The green devil? devil? That's not the only place the devil is? The devil's in the flask? Ha, ha, ha. So, my assumption of what that is meant to be, which is just referring to Dottie as a, as a devil, like I don't a, a she-devil. So. It's a really A odd, controlling, like, evil, succubus of a lady. I don't think that's what it was meant for. I uh, think I think that's what the joke is supposed to be, but um, no, because the show does a lot to highlight that joke. Yeah. So, but Josh made a joke about absinthe. I'm like, absinthe is a character. She's a uh, computer virus program lady and who was created to- by Hydra slash AIM, and she fucks up with, with a lot of shit. Interestingly enough, absinthe was a real person before she was a computer virus. Yeah. Comics are stupid. She was experimented on, became an AI. AI became a person again, and she can hack into basically anything. She has fucked with sword stuff, shield stuff, hydra stuff, I mean, aim we know, stuff. We know this sort of has sword stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, and this commercial, we get a, a commercial for hydra stuff. And it could be a computer program, yeah. so it could literally be absent in that flask. I highly doubt that, but... uh <laughs> I like this as a theory. I, it's it's like literally the least put together theory. It is the most fucking long fucking theory ever. It, the devil in the t- details. It, it, that's not the only place the devil is. It's obviously a reference to Mephisto. Like that's a hundred percent what it is. Because I don't even think Absinthe really fucks with Scarlet Witch or Vision. But arguably, she could infect Vision. Anyway, oh, that'd be fun. Boys, yeah. So we meet Geraldine, who introduces herself to Wanda, because mm-hmm. um, Wanda just basically says she has no idea what she's doing here, and a lady leans in next to her. Her name is Geraldine. She introduces herself and also says she has no idea what the fuck she's doing here. Mm-hmm. But when she does introduce herself, she kind of hesitates on her own name, mm-hmm. and she seems legitimately confused as to why she is here. Yes. We'll get to that later, because there is actually, within the boundaries of the television show, an explanation for that. You just have to dig deeper than any normal person should dig, but Justice isn't a normal person. I'm not. Anyways, um, during this time where Geraldine is introducing herself and Wanda's introducing herself... Vision, finally, despite leaving first... We're, no, we're not there yet. we got a couple more things here first. We have the, for the children, for the children. And we have the clap at the appropriate time. And then the, the claps as a group, and then we have the vision thing, and then we come back and we have the radio thing. Okay, okay. They say for the children because that is the that is what this committee is raising money for. It's for the children for the school, so for the children. But they have to say it all at once, like a cult, and they have to clap at the appropriate time because uh, Dottie's like, "I hope you all give yourself a round of applause," and Wanda starts clapping, and she's like, "At the appropriate time." Yeah, needle eyes. Then there's another moment of For the Children somewhere in here. And then there it, she's like, and now you can clap. Yeah. And then Vision finally gets to the library. Yes. For the Neighborhood Watch, despite leaving first. 
The library is just further away. Yeah, I have to assume it's much further away. Though, I mean, Wanda had the time to go to a primary location, and then from there to a secondary location with a bunch of strangers. Never go- also, never go to a secondary <laughs> location with a stranger. <laughs> I like how we were both going to the same joke. Is that Sloss? Is- I mean, I-, I think he makes a joke about secondary locations, yeah. Is that the, is that the Sloss stand-up special where he's talking about, X. like... Yeah, I, I think he mentions it in like, X, yeah. But <laughs> hey, so, go, hey, everybody, go watch X. Daniel just go Sloss. watch all of Daniel Sloss's stand-up. He has like three specials. His, X is on HBO Max, so if you don't have HBO Max, still your friends. And if you still don't have access to that, just watch his other two stand-ups on Netflix. But you should watch X so you can understand the never go to the secondary location joke we just made. Yes. Also, I mean, you you can probably understand it anyways. Well, if you, you ever well, had any like crime well, prevention thing as a child, you, you see. As long as you don't leave the the primary location with, with your kidnapper, your chance of being successfully recovered alive is like 70%. But as soon as you go to a secondary location, it drops to less than 20. Okay. okay. Anyways, though. Vision, so neighborhood Vision watch shows up at the neighborhood watch meeting. And he's like, and he just comes in hard, hot. He's like, okay, I need to know what we're doing about all these Graffiti. Delinquents and the graffiti, graffiti and the people security just rounds. hanging around the security. Do we interact directly with the police? Do the police interact with us? How do we handle this? And um, it's just a bunch of guys sitting and, around shooting the shit. Seems like. And his coworker from the previous episode, the one he they called Phil. him a robot, Phil, was like, mm, "This is it's really not, it's not the one that called him the, the robot." Yeah, it's the short dude. It's the same guy. I thought it was the guy with the mustache. No, Phil's there too. But so then it's Norm. So Norm's like, "This this is kind of." A members-only kind of thing. Yeah. And, and Vision's, like, like, Vision's like, okay, that's fine. I'll just Stick stay. around until you introduce some new business. Yeah, until you open up for new business. And then someone's like, well, we were just about to. And he's like, great. And then he starts going off, and somebody's like... And then Phil's like, that means... Danishes. And the group then, after they pass out Danishes, and Vision's like, I don't really eat. And they all look yeah. at him where he's like, in between meals. During meals. I'm a real eating machine. <laughs> And they're like, okay, you're weird, bro. And then the guy next to him, Herbert, offers him a piece of gum. Well, not yet. The group then buckles down. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, Vision's right, though. We need to buckle down and actually get started. And then they just start, start talking about rumors about people in town. Yeah. Their boss apparently doesn't have any bowling. Like, he has a bunch of bowling trophies, but they're just bought from garage sales. Yeah, they're just bought from, an, from a garage sale in Hackensack. And Which, the reference to Hackensack does confirm that we are in New Jersey, because Hackensack is in New Jersey. It's an yeah. actual place. And another co-worker built a treehouse for his kids, but he didn't actually build it. It was a prefab job. Yeah. He obviously couldn't couldn't make that house yeah. by himself. And Vision's like, oh, yeah, that I have jo- I, ha- I have news, too, then. I have gossip. Norm is a communist. And and every- <laughs> it's just immediate tension. And then everybody starts laughing. They're like, oh, you can tell jokes. We thought you were super serious. Yeah. But you're joking. And he's like... He seems confused, but whatever. And then Herbert offers him a piece of gum. Yes, and he, and um, this joke is actually great. Too. Yeah, it's so such he, a he starts to, he starts to unwrap it, and I think Norm is the one that goes. I thought you said didn't eat. And Vision's like, I don't. From what I understand, the the purpose of gum isn't to eat; it's for mastication. To which the guy who offered the gum goes, Oh, I, I I don't do that. I don't do that. It's so good. It's such a good joke. Yes, it's a masturbation joke, but yes, masturbation jokes can be funny. Yes, you don't you think have they to can do be it funny. fucking right. Get off your fucking high horse. Mastication, masturbation was a funny joke. Yeah. So while they're laughing, Herbert like claps him on the back, laughing about it, 
and Vision swallows the gum on accident. And we get like an animated cut of the inside of Vision, and there's a bunch of gears, and they're literally gummed up. Yeah, we have the piece of gum fall down in the gears and get caught up. And that, that's where we end with Vision for there. We go back to Wanda and Dottie, and it's just Wanda and Dottie. I literally love that the subplot of this episode is the literal fact that Vision's inner works get are gummed, gummed up. up. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's, uh, So, Wanda and Dottie are the only up. ones left. Yeah, Wanda's, Wanda's cleaning, cleaning up. Because she has been graciously chosen to stay and help out. And she's like, I'm so glad you chose me to help. And Dottie's like, yeah, you should feel special for that. Yeah. And then Dottie starts to talk about how she's heard things about Wanda. And her husband. Mm-hmm. And then Wanda's like, uh, whatever you heard, we don't mean anyone any harm. And Dottie's like, I don't believe you. So as we're having this conversation, Wanda's getting more and more noticeably disturbed. And the radio playing in the background starts to increase in volume. The radio wasn't playing at the start of the season. It wasn't playing, but it starts to play. It kicks on. Playing Beach Boys, Help Me Rhonda. And it starts to increase in volume, but we also deafen it a bit. Which is very easily misheard as Help Me Wanda. Yes, like, which they take advantage of here in a moment. Because beautiful. at the height of Wanda telling Dottie she doesn't mean any harm, and like a voice comes over and it just Wanda. cuts in at the point of help me, and it goes to say help me, Rhonda, but it's help me, and then it's Wanda. Who's doing this to you? you? And while this is go- going on, Dottie, Dottie starts freaking out, and she's like, who are, who are you? you? Who is that? And the radio then explodes, the glass in Dottie's hand also explodes, and then Dottie's bleeding, and her blood is again... One of the the only the second thing in the entire series to have collar. Third thing. What was the first? The thing? The first thing was the flashing red light of the toaster in the first episode. Oh shit! I missed that. Mm-hmm. I did mention it was blinking in red. This is the first thing we see as collar. It's the it's not in the actual episode. It's in the commercial. It's a blinking hmm. red light. We have stuck with red though. Hmm. Interesting. Well, red and yellow. And yellow. Yes. Red and yellow. Red. But now Dottie's hand is bleeding. But the radio is perfectly fine and playing music again. But this time quieter. And also Dottie seems to have kind of forgot what just happened. Yeah, she knows she's bleeding, and Wanda's freaking out. She like, go grab some linen, like, a, I think a linen napkin, it looks mm-hmm. like, and wraps around Dottie's hand, and Dottie doesn't make a reference to the glass or anything. She just asks Wanda how a housewife gets a blood stain out of linen by doing it herself. Yep, and then she goes off and leaves Wanda there alone, and then we cut to another commercial, it's this time for, Str- for Strucker brand watches. Because... You're naked if you don't have a lady on your arm and a a Strucker Strucker on your your wrist. wrist. Strucker, he'll make time for you. Yes. And the watch has a clear Hydra symbol. Because it's built Hydra tough. Yeah. So uh, I think, depending on what the third episode is, I do think these commercials have like a tie into like Wanda's trauma. Mm -hmm. Because the Stark missile caused massive trauma. And then Wolfgang von Strucker was the Hydra agent that led the experiments on the Maximoff twins. Yeah. Baron von Strucker led the experiments. He also, for future reference, because I'm going to mention it in a bit towards the bottom of the episode, splintered off from Hydra and made the group Advanced Idea Mechanics, or AIM. Can I jump back to episode one real fast for a quick highlight? Do it. So, when Wanda is pouring wine at the table for the dinner party... Ah, yes. We see the label for the wine. Um, It's in French, but the literal translation of the label is, depending on how you translate it, either House of Anger, House of Wrath... Mm Mm-hmm. Or House of M. Which House of M is a entire comic about Wanda shaping reality and kind of being crazy. Well, it's, it's a reality where Wanda makes everybody's wishes come true. Yes. It's also the reality that, I mean, it is probably the reality that proves how great of a hero Peter Parker is. Yes. But also just how shitty his life is. Because the entire Divergent here, Peter Parker's wish during House of M is just to 
have a happy life. Not, for not be a superhero and just like it's not just not be a superhero. It's just to be happy. Yeah. But to be happy, he's not a superhero. But and Uncle Ben's alive. Gwen Stacy's alive. He has children. And then Wolverine stumbles stumbles along. He's like, "Hey kid, reason, you gotta like, help me." Because for some reason, in every comic series ever, Wolverine's the fucking MacGuffin. And he's yeah. like, "This is all fake. None of this yeah. is real." So Wolverine stumbles along. He's like, "Kid, you gotta help me." And Peter does because he's actually a good fucking person. But he like, the Peter's is, never allowed to with, be happy. With, okay. Within that tangential line of the Marvel universe, that Peter Parker will always have those memories and know that they were yeah. fake. Peter is one of the only fucking people after the whole resolution of House of M to retain all the fucking memories. In case you're wondering, House of M's primary plotline is that there are no more normal humans. Everybody is a mutant. Yeah, because that's Magneto's, Magneto's wish. A and, world ruled by mutants. So everyone's a mutant. And she does this because Vision not being a mutant ends up getting Vision killed because Vision attempts to intercede on the behalf of humans during one of Magneto's attacks or yeah. something. And Vision dies, and this causes a psychotic break within Wanda, kind of like maybe what we're seeing with the show. Yeah, a, a lot of fun things happen. But so anyway, after our Strucker commercial, yes, let's let's say let's go back to the actual episode we're on, and not the House of Intention. I went it's on, talent show time. Yep, and the talent shows are the talent. The acts are already performing, and Wanda's backstage, and she's freaking out. Yeah, the, the act performing is like a weird musical western thingy. I don't know, but she's freaking out because Vision hasn't shown up. Yes. And it appears the showrunner, the manager, the stage manager is it's, Geraldine. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we can tell Wanda's panicking and nervous because she asks Geraldine what time it is, and Geraldine's just like, two minutes since he last asked. Yep. Vision finally shows up, but and, um, seems to be very drunk. Vision our boy can't looks, get drunk. Yeah, our boy looks soused and is talking and walking soused. Yep. And um, Wanda wants to know why he's late, and he's just like, I was playing shoe horses and then horses with shoes yeah he's like horseshoe that's what it was no no he he, he never says horseshoes he says all kinds of varieties no, but never horseshoes he, he almost says it he says horses shoes at the end yes that's the last one and then walking off the stage before they go on is someone in a horse outfit which is why i remember it's a western thing at the point because he goes i was just playing with their shoes yeah so Wanda asks, what's going on? And Geraldine and her cousin, she goes, you are. And Wanda and, gets, goes out on stage. Mm-hmm. Vision doesn't come out because he's supposed to be introduced by Wanda. So Wanda marches out, signals to the stage, and Vision doesn't come out. Yeah. So she has to storm back behind the curtain and pull him out. Well, no, she doesn't because she, 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 goes to, she goes to storm back. Oh, yeah. And Vision stumbles out, stumbles down the stairs, and he's like, I am Glimmer. And she is... My assistant, Illusion. Yeah. And she's like, no, you're Illusion. I'm Glamour. And then Vision's like, Vision's talking very drunkenly. And he's talking about how stupid humans are. And, and how, how they- tonight, and how in this performance, they're going to lie to them. But they're going to believe it because humans have a limited capability to understand and factor things. Then he says, flourish. And she's like, you're just supposed to flourish. But that's going to be a thing for him throughout this entire performance. And it's wonderful. I love it so much. It's something that, like, a, a comedy magician duo would do. Like, Yeah, no, this entire performance is a yeah. comedy magician duo, and it's great. And so he starts levitating with his power. Yeah, because no, he like, says flourish again and levitates. Yep. And everyone is confused about how they're doing it, and they seem kind of scared. And then Wanda makes a magic winch appear and a rope. A very obvious rope. And they're like, oh, it's yeah. just a rope. Yep. And then Vision kind of, like, loses his balance on the rope and, like... Struggles a bit. It's a comedy moment. Yep. 
Yuck, yuck, yuck. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Then Vision's like, oh, I know what I'll do next. And then a he, feat of strength. And he lifts up a whole piano. Not like a grand, not like a baby grand or a grand piano, but like a piano you might see at your church or... A saloon piano. And then Wanda uses her magic to make it a flat prop with handles in the back. Oh, cut out, yeah. Yep. And so she walks over and grabs it, and she's ac- acting like it's heavy, and then it's Accidentally like, reveals, reveals it. it. And she's like, yep. oops, you weren't supposed to see that. And then Vision's like... I'm going to do a card trick for my good friend. Sherbert. And he's like, Herbert. Herbert. And he's like, doesn't matter. He's like, pick a card. Pick a card. And he, yeah. And he, he, then he turns his back. He's like, put it back in the deck. I'm not looking. Yeah. And then he pulls the deck up, shuffles it. And he's like, is this your card? No. Is this your card? No. Is this your card? Is this your card? Is this your card? Is no. this your card? Is no. this your card? No. no. And he, he goes through the entire deck and ends with the last card. He goes, is this your card? Yeah. And he's like, well, take it then, and, and pushes it into Herbert's Oh, hand. sorry, well, take it then. And Herbert's like, but you did the trick right. And he did. This is an actual trick. Yeah, the magicians do. And um, I, I love it. It is one of my favorite versions of that card trick. And I mean, obviously, if they if you're like, is this your card on the 27th card? And they're like, yes, you fucked up. But if you're like, is this your card on the like, 52nd Very last card? card. If, you're on, if you're like, is this your card on the 52nd card? That's still a trick. Because you've, you've shown them every card but theirs. It's a statistical anomaly that it would be the last yeah. card. So Vision stumbles back to the stage, and his hat's on the ground, and Senior Scratchy is running off the stage. And he's like, oh, well, so so much for pulling a rabbit out of a hat. No, I, no, he tries to get it back because he needs to pull the rabbit out of his hat. Hmm. And Wanda's just like, let's not do that. Let's not involve the rabbit, the poor rabbit on this yeah. one. And, and so like, Vision's like, I guess I'll just have to pass my hat. To pull my hat, hat through, through myself. Yeah, through me. And he passes the hat physically through his chest and pulls it out his back. Yeah. And the audience is legitimately kind of scared. He's like, that's that's legit. That's like when Chris Angel like takes a wire and like threads yeah. it through his throat and then pulls a ring out of his throat. So Wanda's standing there at a loss of what to do and then just flourishes and the curtains pull back and it's just all kinds of standing mirrors. And then Beth is like, I don't think that's how mirrors work. To which Dottie looks at him and goes, shut up, Beth. Then he calls for the cabinet uh the magnet of kisteries or something like that yeah and she's like the cabinet of mysteries and he's like for my final trick i will make glamour disappear after showing the box empty and then, and then closes it and taps on it before wanda can get inside of it and she's like gesturing at the box and herself and he's like oh and, and then, then they the entire crowd starts standing what's in the box What's in the box? And so then What's Wanda the box? magically What's makes Geraldine the appear in the box. Yes. And they open it, and there's Geraldine. And the crowd's amazed, and Geraldine's amazed, because Geraldine doesn't know how she got in a box. She was backstage. Okay, that's the end of the magic show. So they go, they head backstage. They, and, they rush off stage. Yeah, and behind the stage, Wanda confronts Vision. She's like, why are you acting this way? What and, is and, wrong with and you? And Vision's just apologizing because he messed stuff up, and he's so sorry. And then she looks inside of him. Because she's magic. Mm-hmm. She finds the gum in his work and then magics it out. And he's like, I guess my works were all gummed, gummed up. up. And he's like, I was funnier with the gum, wasn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so they decide to uh, sneak away before Dottie or anyone can say anything about their performance. How they ruined the fundraiser. Mm-hmm. But as they're sneaking away, Dottie stops them. She's at the microphone at the front of the stage and they're sneaking around yes. behind the stage. And she's like, we want to congratulate you on how funny you were. Well, never in first, all the though, years. They, they do more of their vague tensiony stuff. Yeah, where they she tells them to stop in her normal Regina George bitchiness. I yeah. am in command voice. Never before something like what happened on stage happened here before. 
It's so funny. This is the funniest thing we've ever seen. Take this inaugural comedic performance award. And then during the applause, someone says, for the children. And the entire crowd, in a monotone voice, once again goes, for, for the, the children. children. And then they make Geraldine bow with them. And Geraldine's just like, how did I end up in the box? And Vision's like, a magician never reveals a secret. He leaves that for his assistant. And then Wanda goes, and I'm not saying this time. And Geraldine was like, I was afraid of that. Yeah. And then we cut to Wanda and Vision coming into the house. And they're both like, well, that went well. I'm glad it was all for the children. Mm-hmm. And then Wanda goes, I think the children might like some popcorn. Well, well, no. They talk about how they managed to fit in and everything. And yeah. how they're really happy. And they're just talking about the for the children stuff sitting on the couch. And then Wanda says, I think the children might like some popcorn. Yes. And she stands up. And she's now noticeably pregnant. Yep. And then they hear a loud thump again outside. Mm-hmm. And they go to investigate. And outside, very dissonant with the world around them, a beekeeper is crawling out of a sewer. And on the back of their outfit is the sword logo. Yep. So Wanda just, uh, she, she, she just nopes. She like she, she looks at the beekeeper and goes, no. no. And rewinds time. And the show rewinds to Wanda. And Wanda's like, is this really happening? Asking about her being pregnant. He's like, mm-hmm. yes, it's really happening. Then they kiss and color spreads throughout the world. Yeah. And now we're in the 70s. I'm, because of the fact that it's after they rewind, I'm not entirely sure if the, if, is this really happening about her being pregnant? No. Or it, about the world in general? It's, I, I, it's meant to be double layered, I believe. Yeah, it's definitely double layered because she did ask before they went outside, mm-hmm. is this really happening? And like, it literally rewinds to that exact moment. Yeah. And it is definitely a double layered moment. The show then ends again with the same type of zoom out thing. There's no fake credits this time. Yeah. But again, we do hear a voice on our radio asking, Wanda. Who's doing this to you, Wanda? Yes. So I decided, because I didn't see in the credits originally, for the man's voice on the radio. It sounded familiar. Yeah, so at this point, Justice forced me to watch all the foreign language credits with him. Because if you haven't watched this show yet, each episode is about 22 to 25 minutes long. With about 10 minutes of credits. Seven minutes. Seven minutes of credits. Yeah, so he made me watch all seven minutes of credits because he's... He had to make him watch all seven. I made him watch until we got to the Spanish foreign language. The German for a language. Sorry, it's first, because I got my answer there. Because he's a sadist. Because if you have a voice line, normally when you dub it over, you still get a credit for it, because they credit the current worker. That's not always true when you're doing your first job, because if you're trying to keep hidden information, it doesn't always show it. But some countries, you can't keep hidden information. You, you can. Have to, you have to credit the actor. Well, you can. You just then label it as an unnamed thing. Like the man on the radio. Yes. However, they didn't do that for their German dub. It was Agent Wu, and it also gave us the english voice actors before it gave us the german ones so, so I, off the top of my head i don't know who agent Wu is so but uh, then it lists randall park who i recognize for all of you who have kept up with the mcu agent Wu is the fbi agent tasked with making sure ant-man stays on house arrest when ant-man agrees to be on house arrest and ant-man and the wasp agent Wu is also referenced in the agents of shield tv show mm-hmm. As the emergency contact for another agent within the show. So it's kind of implied that he has. prior to Ant-Man, he was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Which I wouldn't put about S.H.I.E.L.D. to make him a plant in the FBI. Because, I mean, the guy is watching a superhero. That you, sounds like a S.H.I.E.L.D. You plant. also discovered something else with the foreign language credits. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to tackle that one? Because I, that, that seems much more interesting than Agent Wu being the yeah, voice yeah, on the yeah. radio. I, I was just happy to see Randall Park there. Agent so, Wu being the voice on the radio just, like, makes sense, like, He's, a, he's yeah. an agent for the U.S. government. Yeah. Maybe S.H.I.E.L.D., maybe S.W.O.R.D., maybe FBI so, still. So, in the English credits, we see the actress who plays Geraldine credited as Geraldine. Mm-hmm. Watching through to the German dub, though, 
the same actress. Uh, I think it's like Tiana very, P something or other. You're very close, and I don't yeah. remember. Is listed as Monica Rambeau. Rambeau, also known as the daughter of Captain Marvel's friend in the Captain Marvel movie, the young girl who is also a Captain Marvel in the comic book series at it's, a point. It's also important to note that she's a young girl, but she's a young girl in the Captain Marvel movie, which takes place in the 90s. So she is Captain Marvel's like best friend's daughter. So she's about 30-something now. And in the comics, she eventually becomes a Captain Marvel. But the actress who plays Geraldine is also credited as Monica Rambeau for some reason. So that's a thing. Also, you found something about S.W.O.R.D., right? What does what S.W.O.R.D.'s acronym stand for in this stuff in the comics? I didn't note it. So uh, Sentient Weapon Organi- Organization Research Division. Organized Research Division. Sentient Weapon Organized Research Division. Which it's not normally sentient weapons. It is. But in this case, sentient weapons would include... Wanda Maximoff, Vision. Peter Maximoff, Vision, um, the sentient Iron Man suits, mm-hmm. um, Tony Stark 2.0, Absinthe, probably Hulk, Captain uh, America, Thor, like probably most of the Avengers initiative. I don't think Cap would be considered a sentient weapon. He was a weapon literally made by the U.S. government. But he's just a dude on steroids. Like That's literally mm-hmm. Captain America. He's a guy that took really good steroids. Yeah, yeah, so is the Hulk. No, the Hulk is a guy that got hit with lethal amounts of gamma radiation. Lethal amounts of the same steroids that Captain America took. Maybe in the MCU? I'm not for sure. Um, I know... I mean, I I know it depends on continuities. I don't remember which ones are which anymore, man. Yeah, so while we're here at the end of the episode, I also accidentally discovered something last night because a Spanish voice actor, look at this foreign voice actor stuff, accidentally let slip that he was going to be appearing as Peter Maximoff in the Spanish dub of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't remember, Peter Maximoff is Quicksilver. He's dead, very dead. But more importantly, this voice actor is the voice actor that dubs Evan Peters Quicksilver in the X-Men, X-Men franchise. Yeah. And he also confirmed that he was reappearing as Peter Maximoff and, and dubbing over Evan Peters' voice lines, which means Evan Peters, Peter Maximoff, is appearing in WandaVision. Yeah. So, you want to get to our crazy bullshit theories? No, uh, let's, let's hit it with our what we thought of the show first, and then we can dive into the crazy bullshit. The show's dope. The show is awesome. It's watch like, it. Fucking it's watch the, it. It's one of the best balances of comedy and dark mystery I've ever seen. Yeah, no. It, it does it beautifully. It does it wonderfully. Okay, so, I've heard people, like, on 6, 5, 7 out of 10s on the show, and then there's people that are like me, you, and Chris, who are 10 out of 10s on the show, 9 out of 10s out of the show. 8.5, 9, depending on you. But, like, I think the difference is how much you already have context for it. Yes, And definitely. how much, like, the tiny hints mean to you and how much, like, you can theorize based off that. Yeah. If you're a casual fan or you're an MCU fan only... <laughs> a lot of stuff's going to go over your head. Mm-hmm. Or if you don't, like, understand foreign credits and lurk them like Justice does... I watch too many other shows from different languages. Then you might not catch this stuff, but... Yeah, the show is awesome. I'm really excited to follow the show. By the time episode three releases today, the same day that the podcast comes out, I will have watched it by the time you finish listening to this episode. Yes. That's a fact. Straight up fact. It's going to happen. Also, the return of the MCU just in general is a nice return to normality. It it brings me so much joy that we have this tiny piece of the pre-COVID world back. I was really looking forward to the Black Widow movie. Like, I was actually more amped about that than a lot of people probably were, like, I like the stupid... St- I, I, I like the normal humans in Marvel. No, 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 no. Like, yeah, no. 
I'm all, I was also just excited for the Black Widow movie to show that Black Widow isn't dead. It's her clone sister, basically. Secret agent version of Black Widow that's not Black Widow, who is her sister and has happened in the comics to have died in her place before. I also was really excited about Taskmaster, even if like they did, oh, do, a, even if they did do a massive swerve and like... Taskmaster. Like, Taskmaster's a cool character. Sorry. I, I was really excited Dude. about that. Yeah. But, no, WandaVision is just fucking great. Watch it. Like, yeah. hands down, watch it. I think getting into theories i like before i talk to anybody else i think that matters because my original take on the show was that the guy in the beekeeper suit was obviously advanced idea mechanics aim they have been called beekeepers before and most notably by deadpool because he likes to name things and because the aim suit doesn't fit into the wandaverse wandaverse yeah. she obviously made it as a beekeeper because it made more sense yeah. even like you though he was coming from the sewers and it, it fits with sword because aim is equivocally just a hydro splinter literally made by the man who has traumatized her by Strucker. Strucker, yep and sword is basically just a splinter of shield and i feel like the mcu kind of blew the load on hydra infiltrating shield really poorly and really too quickly i don't think they blew it poorly because mm. civil because um winter soldier is a hell of a good movie I feel like they could have done it better, though. They, I, they just kind of did it all at once and then resolved it all at once. I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I don't that, think they did it poorly, though. Like, I think... I think the resolution of it was poor. I think it wasn't stretched... Like, it, was, it wasn't given enough weight. Yeah, that, that, that's what I meant by poorly. But, like, the movie that it was used for... It was used well in its movie, but it wasn't used well in the MCU. Okay, anyways, back to the theorizing... Yeah. Then after talking to Chris, mm-hmm. I Mephisto was an obvious clue in with the devil stuff, and like yeah. I missed the Agatha Harkness initially, but with the well, that's just because I forgot Agnes's name. Yeah. Like the moment he he was like Agnes as Agatha Harkness, I was like, oh shit, yeah, that's her name, and she's like he mentioned it, and I was like, shit, that's her name. She's wearing a brooch. Yep. She uh, only ever really interacts with Wanda. So really seems to be obsessed with like dealing with Wanda and kind of like mentoring her almost. Yeah. So. At this point, it seems pretty obvious that we have a tie into Mephisto and um, Agatha Harkness, which also ties very nicely into the next Doctor Strange movie, Multiverse of Madness. Yes. Which is already confirmed to star, confirmed to include Scarlet Witch as a main character. Yeah. Because multiverses and Scarlet Witch just go hand in hand like peanut butter and mm-hmm. jelly. So I'm, I'm definitely more on board with Mephisto and Agatha Harkness being a really major plot point here, especially because Wanda gets pregnant. And if you know the comics, Wanda and Vision have twins. But the twins kind of exist because Wanda manipulates reality to make them exist and kind of fucks Mephisto over there by giving them souls. And Mephisto's not a fan of that, so they do some shit with the twins. And that would make sense. It's also why they do the whole for the children thing. Mm-hmm. But because it, it seems like someone, in my opinion, is manipulating kind of what's happening to Wanda, it feels to me like someone, the inclusion of the for the children isn't because if i remember the comic books correctly mephisto only cares about the children after wanda makes them because it fucks over like his whole thing mm-hmm. because she makes them because yeah. i think she literally like steals the souls from him like from his collection of souls that makes sense so i might be wrong but i can't think of why he would have a direct hand in creating them however an organization like say sword but more particularly a portion of sword controlled by like say i don't know Advanced uh, uh, idea mechanics. Aim uh, an entire thing made by Strucker, who again who, who, was the you person know. that led the experiments that resulted in Peter and Wanda, Wanda Maximoff manipulating some form of like perhaps medically induced coma or simulation to have Wanda 
bear children seems possible. It, it should also be... It also wouldn't be the first time Mephisto has just popped in to work with evil people, well, to work with evil people. Also, it should be noted that Mephisto is already canon to the MCU. Yes. It is canonical fact within the Marvel Cinematic Universe that Mephisto was consulted by S.H.I.E.L.D. about the Mind Stone. Yes. I don't know how the fuck they contacted literal Satan, um, or why they were working with literal Satan, but they, they consulted him. This is in the movies. It's it's written in a dossier file that we get yep. to see on screen. Which is fucking whack. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Also, then just, I feel like AIM also works as a good inclusion material if the whole rumors about Dr. Ock being pulled in with the new Spider-Man movie. Because you know how, like, tied he is to, like, working with AIM. It, it just ties him more into the universe if you wanted to actually use him and make him more useful, I think. I, I don't know, like, will Marvel be able to use Doc Ock, though? Well, supposedly, he will be in the new Spider-Man movie. It, it is another one of the things. But the Spider-Man 3. Mm-hmm. The one that's supposed to supposedly have Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield is also supposedly supposed to be pulling in the guy who played the original Doc Ock in Spider-Man 2. But it's also the last movie Sony has agreed to do with Marvel. And Marvel can't put Doc Ock in a movie without Sony's permission. Yeah. And they can't so, they can't put Spider-Man in a movie without yeah, I, I don't know what they're going to do there. They're doing some weird shit. I'm really confused. Like, I don't understand their whole business deals things, man. It doesn't what matter. I, what I'm confused about is they've obviously went out of their way to make Peter Parker Spider-Man a pivotal character in the MCU going forward. Yes. Why would you make the pivotal character for your for your 22 movie series a character that you don't own the rights to make movies about? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, that seems fucking insane. I, yeah. Like, I love the Spider-Man movies, and, like, they could still be good movies without making him the center character going forward for Phase 4 and Phase 5, but uh, maybe that's why Captain America's coming back, because they're like, oh, shit, Spider-Man can't be the lead character in our series. <laughs> yeah. I don't. But, I just uh, don't get how, like, that was their direction that they yeah, were planning I, I don't going. know, man. But I feel like AIM is a possible thing still, but I do very much feel the Agatha Harkness and Mephisto definitely being involved i think it's too much unlikeliness that the people writing the show put a beekeeper suit in the same episode with a strucker ad yeah that was my point like like it feels very unlikely yes if not it feels like a really bad like attempt at a swerve because i don't think there's enough people to make that connection unless they're like going out of their way to like i i, I guess there's probably theories and articles that probably share like the idea of aim oh dude the internet is flooded with with theories right now like, yeah I, I assume we can find articles and shit that are telling you about aim so like the only way a swerve like that would work is if enough of your viewers went like i'm gonna go see if there's a reference to what that could possibly be and then get upset by things they don't really know to be about. fair i think a lot of people instantly googled what the fuck's going on why is there a beekeeper coming out of the sewer like a hundred percent a lot of a lot of people were like I really just want to know what's up with Dennis the Mailman because Agnes has a brief interaction with him in the second episode. Yeah. Which it's literally just like he's talking to him and he's just like, don't shoot me, I'm the messenger. And then she finger guns him and he pretends to die and then walks away. Yes. Uh, anyways. Dennis is important. Changed that, my mind. That was our WandaVision review. This is our most timely review fucking ever. Episode three comes out later today on Disney+. Plus. Actually, it should be out. Literally, while we're recording this right now on Disney Plus. Yeah, I think so. But that's the episode. Thank you for flying with us. If you want to get in contact with us, you can find us at Copilot's Review on Twitter. 
Or you can find us at copilotsreview.simplecast.com. Or you can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. We also have a Discord. You can find that link on our website. Thank you for flying with us. And please come back for the next episode where we review something that's totally not relevant to February 2nd. Is anything ever relevant to February? I mean, something has to be premiering. Um, Oh, wait, we already had ideas for February. It's fine. Did we? Yeah. I don't have a memory. Anyways, thank you for flying. We're going to discuss what those ideas were as soon as I hit the end button because I don't remember what they were. And we're going to start discussing those ideas right... (laughs)